Good evening, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. There's no other place that I would rather be on a Sunday than to be with God's people. And having mentioned that, our, you know, the, the African people, they really enjoyed uh, Brother and Mrs. Smith coming. They gave them a, a very warm welcome. And during, during the camp, in between sessions, as long as they were on the campground, there was young people around them asking them questions and uh, wanting to gain wisdom. And I've got pictures to prove it. And it was a great, a great time for them to be there. And they encouraged uh, me and my wife and my daughter as well. Um, let me just mention a few things about what's going on in South Africa. Um, as of today, there are... I'm just counting in my mind. There, there are one, two... One, two, three, four. There's five churches at different, different stages of development, but there's five church works that are um, going on. And I'm also counting the one in Swaziland, although Brother Morrison has been overseeing that for some few years now. And he just is building upon what was started. And it's a blessing to see uh, what God is doing in the lives of Africans. And God has called men to preach. Lord willing, we're going to organize our first work the end of um, October. October 30th is the date, and we trust the Lord to bring that to pass. We're looking forward to it. And, um, you know, years ago, when I was a single man and I was asking the Lord, what would you have me to do? And I would just assess my life and think, what, what would be the best way to to invest my life? What would, be the, what, would be, what would give me the biggest return? And the thought came to my mind in thinking of what, what matters to God. If I could leave behind people who have been saved because of my testimony and my witness, that would be great. But what would even be better than that is if I could leave behind a church. Because the Lord promised the gates of hell would not prevail and saints come and go. But the church continues on as long as they stay focused to Christ. So I want to uh, say again tonight, if you are one who gives to missions on any level, whether you give financially or whether you utter our name before the throne of God, God bless you. God bless you. I'm speaking to boys, girls, teenagers. I'm speaking to young people. Uh, middle-aged people. I'm speaking to everybody in here who contributes to missions. I said this morning, God's keeping an accurate record. Amen. And God will give rewards. Please take your Bible and go to Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> According to Ephesians chapter 4, the work of an evangelist, which is what I believe a bib the biblical term for missionary, what we use today, missionary, is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that's what I trust God will use me to do tonight. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, 
The Bible says, and it came to pass on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You can just hear them say that. But when Jesus perceived their hearts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth, upon earth, to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Amen. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying... We have seen strange things today. (laughs) Don't you love the King James English? I think it's... I like reading the King James English because I probably would never talk like that except for reading the Bible, but it's kind of fun, brother. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I trust there'll be something in this message for everybody. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we call upon your name. Father, I'm asking that your spirit would take the word of God and illuminate our minds. And Father, by the hearing of it and the receiving of it, we would have our faith increased. Father, you are a God that is so trustworthy. And Father, I do pray that your people would be provoked unto good works. And Father, I pray that if anybody here is not saved, they would see the power of the Lord is present to heal them. And Father, you can do more than what I could ever say. And I just pray you take this message and apply it how how you will. And Father, we will glorify your Son in in this assembly. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 17, and it came to pass. Have you ever thought about that phrase, and it came to pass? You read it quite a bit in the Bible. It came to pass. You know, when you look back at this day, when you pillow your head at night, you'll be able to say, and it came to pass. Something happened today, right? You did something today. You know, I was thinking about this phrase, it it came to pass. And the thought occurred to me, we we have the potential, we have the power, 
according, you know, God willing, we have the freedom to write our own history. Amen. You know, except for God's divine intervention, which he does sometimes, we have the freedom to choose what, how we're going to spend our day, how we're going to invest our time, what are we going to do? What are we going to watch? What will we listen to? What will we say? We have the freedom, we have the, the potential, we have the, 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 the power, if I can say, to write our own history. And really, isn't our lives the sum total of the decisions we make? So, what did you do today? Okay, whose day is this today? We know today's the Lord's day. What did we do on the Lord's day? How did we spend our time? What did we do? Did you spend your time watching TV? Did you spend your time watching the YouTube? What did you do today? What kind of discussions and conversations did you have? What kind of impressions did you leave, parents, upon your children today? Did you make this day count for the Lord? Well, you know, Brother Kuzla, I went to church. Okay, well, you know what? All kinds of people go to church. Catholics go to church. Lutherans go to church. Presbyterians go to church. Listen, even Islam people, they, they go to their, their uh, mosques. You know, it really grieves me in, in South Africa. There's a lot of uh, Islam there. And, you know, when you drive through the United States and the countryside, you know, I know the church may not be a biblical church, but I'm just saying there's something, there's something that, that's a blessing when, when, when you see, you know, these old country churches with the steeple and everything. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, this country used to be God-fearing. But, you know, where, where I stay and in, in, in just, you know, in the neighboring villages, you know what we hear? We hear that big bullhorn. And we hear, we hear uh, the, 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 the Muslims call to prayer, or call to assemble or whatever, whatever. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, um, I'm not trying to be funny. I, I'm just making an observation. I don't know about you, brother, but that kind of music that they play, I'm assuming that, that that's what they think there's going to be in heaven. I mean, they think that kind of music pleases their God. But, you know, listen, have you ever really paid attention to that? I don't know about you, but I don't want to listen to that forever. Would you want to listen to that forever? Anyway, I don't know how I got on that, but we can write our own history and we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. These days are evil. So it came to pass on a certain day. And I don't believe this day was a Sabbath day or the Bible would say so. It usually does. And, but it was a certain day and, and he was teaching. Now, why was the Lord Jesus teaching? Let me tell you why. Jesus told his disciples, if you don't mind, I like coming down. I, I, I generally don't like to be up on a level higher than everybody. 
if you'll forgive me, I, I like to be on your level. Amen? And besides, we don't have one of these where I come from, I mean, in South Africa, so I just feel more comfortable down here. Jesus was teaching. Jesus told his church, go into all nations. Go teach all nations. There is a lack of knowledge that people have about the Lord. We, we, you know, there used to be a lot of people were churchgoers, not so much today, even in our country. And one of the greatest things that people need today is they need to be taught. There's people, they don't even believe in, in, in creation anymore. You have to start with the basics. God created the heaven and the earth. But Jesus Christ was teaching. And this was, this was just so important. He had to just start teaching. But notice who was in the audience there. As he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. Now we know Pharisees, they were the religious leaders of the day, members of the Sanhedrin, the Senate of Israel, and doctors of the law. These were people who gave their lives to studying the law of Moses. They're not medical doctors. Doctors of the law. You are not going to find in the word of God any more religious people than what I've just commented right here. Doctors of the law and the Pharisees. And what are they doing? They're there and they're, they're sitting by while Jesus was teaching. And who was present here? And where did these people come from? It says they were come out of every... You know, by the way, when you see these superlatives like every and all and that, that's not exaggerations. The Holy Spirit means what he says. Every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. All of these cities, all of these regions were represented. And these Pharisees, these doctors of the law. I mean, the whole room was full of these religious leaders. And notice what it says. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, you know what's interesting about this? I've only read verse 17. And the only people that have been in the discussion, the only people that are mentioned in verse 17 are these doctors of the law and these Pharisees. And yet the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to what? That's right. So I have a question. Were they sick? Did they have corona? Did they have the flu? Did they have TB? I mean, were these people, was this an infirmary? No. But they needed healing, didn't they? Amen. And what kind of healing did they need? They needed spiritual healing. Isn't that interesting? You know, Jesus said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. What did Jesus say in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican when they went into the temple to pray? The Pharisee said thus with himself, I thank God that I am not as other men are. I fast twice in a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. That was it. But just take those two things. Does anybody here fast twice in a week? Nope. Nope. <laughs> 
I haven't been fasting while I'm here, I can tell you that. I've gone to that Mexican village, that Mexican restaurant, what, at least, what was it, twice, right? Twice? Tres Toritos. Boy, I love that stuff. Maybe we can go after church. Are they open after church? <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> Fasting twice a week and giving tithes. And being, being, being um, in this position of being a religious leader. The, 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 the years of study to be elevated to this position. And yet these people here needed to be healed. They weren't saved people. And are you more religious than, than they? You know, there may be somebody here. You're a churchgoer. You're faithful. Coming to church. Maybe you teach a Sunday school class. Maybe you sing in the choir. Maybe you stand out there and greet people. But I'll tell you this, if you've never been born again, you're lost. You're lost. And you will not go to heaven when you die. You know the verse, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Religious people, they need to be saved. You need to be saved if you've never been saved. I wonder what you would say if you were called upon to stand and give a testimony of your salvation. Would your salvation be biblical? Let me ask you this. Would you be able to tell me when you were saved? Now, you don't have to know the date on the calendar, but could you tell me the experience? When were you saved? When? Was it morning, noon, night? Where were you when you were saved? Where were you when you were saved? I could take everybody here. We could get on a plane or get in a car. I could take you to North Dakota. I could take you to 2524 17th Avenue South, apartment number 11. I could open the door. I could put an X on the floor and say, right there is where I was when I was saved. Ask Zacchaeus where he was when he was saved. Ask the thief on the cross where he was when he was saved. Ask the Apostle Paul, who was then Saul, where were you when you were saved? Would you be able to tell me who saved you? Would you be able to tell me how you were saved? Well, Brother Kuzel, I, I can't really remember when I was saved, and I don't really know where I was exactly when I was saved, and I don't know, I just don't know when it was, I don't know where it was, but I'm saved. No, you're not. You're lost. You know, I remember when I was married, brother, you mentioned it this morning. Man, what a day that was. I waited a long time, married at 40 years of age. Now, I don't know the exact time on the clock. It was about one o'clock, I think. But I could tell you where I was when I was saved. I can tell you when I was saved. And I can tell you, ma'am, what I did to be saved. You know why? <laughs> I was there when it happened. 
Do you have a testimony? Do you have a testimony? You know, Judas Iscariot's an interesting individual. Judas Iscariot walked with the Lord Jesus Christ for three, three and a half years. He heard the preaching straight from the lips of God in human flesh. He saw the miracles that Jesus Christ did. He was baptized by John the Baptist. He had Baptist baptism with the proper authority. In Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus Christ named the apostles, he gave them power over unclean spirits and so on, and he sent them out and told them, as you go, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and tell them to repent. Do you know John the Baptist, just like John the Baptist, uh, Judas Iscariot went out and preached repentance? Judas Iscariot was a treasure of the church. He held the bag. And yet Judas died lost. I'm just encouraging you that if you've never been born again, you'll not see heaven. And these people needed to be saved. And the Bible says the power of the Lord was present. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Do you know, do you realize that in order to take a, a soul from earth and transport it to the third heaven, did you know there's three heavens? <laughs> there's three heavens. To take a human soul and transport it to the third heaven, that takes a lot of power. I don't have that power. It's the power of the Lord. And the power of the Lord needs to be present to do the healing. And the Bible says in verse 18, And behold, behold, behold men brought in a bed, a man, which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, before Jesus. Now this word behold, it's, it's, like, it's like the red and white lights on an ambulance or a police car. It's, it's, it's sounding the alarm. It's, it's sounding the siren. It's saying, may I have your attention please? Because what it's about to be said here is really important. It's something to take notice of. And what does he say? He says there's a, these men, they brought in a man which was taken with a palsy. This man was taken with a palsy. This palsy was a physical ailment, couldn't walk, which is why they brought him on, a, on, on this stretcher, this bed, this, this couch that they call it. He couldn't walk. And the Bible says he was taken with it. You know what that represents in our lives? That represents sin. That's, that represents sin that has taken or overtakes man. Have you ever tried to stop your sinful habits? I tried before I was saved. I couldn't do it. And by the way, the Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. 
For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. He that committeth sin is of the devil. What does that mean? Well, we know the word commitment, do we not? If a man's committed to his wife, he's not looking at another, he's not considering another woman. It's till death do us part. Commitment. And somebody who's saved is not going to be committed to sin. Not going to be committed to sin. He that is committed to sin, he that commits himself to sin, is of the devil. Now that doesn't mean when we're saved we're sinless. But you know when we get saved and we get a new nature, the new nature that we receive cannot sin. The new nature is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ cannot sin. So when we're born again, we have a new man. We have a new nature that dwells within us, and that new nature cannot sin. And so when we as saved people submit to the Spirit of God, we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now we don't become sinless. He that saith he does not sin, he deceives himself. But one thing that being saved does, it breaks the power and the control of sin in our lives. And now as saved people, we have a choice. We have an option whether to sin or not to sin. Lost people, they don't have that. They're just flesh. And the flesh will only sin. But this man was taken with a palsy. That's a picture of sin. And the Bible says that they brought in a man. You know, one thing I love about the Lord, brother, is so many times, so many times you see crowds of people surrounding and thronging the Lord. And among the crowds of people with all of the noise and all of the chatter, the spotlight oftentimes is on one man or one woman. And we're going to see here in this crowd, as the story ends, only one man experienced the power of the Lord that was present to heal. Just one. You know, maybe you feel sometimes, I know I did before I was saved, maybe you, maybe you feel that you're like one little fish in this huge ocean and you go unnoticed. Maybe you you have, have had these thoughts or feelings. Does God even really care about me? Does God even notice me? I used to think that. But I didn't have any knowledge of the Word of God. But I want to tell you on the authority of the Word of God for anybody here It doesn't take long for a seeking sinner and a loving Savior to find each other. And if you, listen, if you want to be saved, you can be saved. And God will focus His attention on you. I'm thinking of the time when Jesus was walking and crowds were following Him and there was a blind man who said, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me! And you know what the crowds did? In the modern vernacular, they they told him to shut up. Well, that was cool. (laughs) Tell him I'm in uh, Luke chapter (laughs) 5. 
And the more they told him to, to hold his peace, you know, to be quiet, to shut up, he would raise his voice even more. And the Bible says, Jesus stood still. That's amazing. Here are the attentions on this one man. He was taken with a palsy. And the Bible says they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And they could not. There was too many people inside this house. And it was filled with, it was filled with these lawyers, these doctors of the law, and these Pharisees. They had the VIP seats there in the house. And, 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 and Jesus is there in the midst and He's teaching. And as you're going to find out, they're not even listening to learn. They're criticizing. And they had the best seats in the house. Isn't that just like the devil? But they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. I have a question uh, for the church here. Are you seeking means to get the gospel to St. Clair? And what's the neighboring? There's Washington. What's the other one? Union? That's your Jerusalem, right? Are you seeking means? And you know something? We can try certain things that may not work. I mean, they, they brought this man to the house. I think they, they, they intended to just bring him through the front door. But it wasn't going to work. Are you seeking means to bring people to Jesus? What are you doing? What are you doing? When you, when you think of your week, what, what are you doing? I, 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 want to, I want to ask you, who, may I ask you, who, could you give a name? Who are you actively pursuing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who? And what means are you seeking? To bring them to Jesus. You know when they brought this man on a couch. And these people were in the house. And there was no way to get him in. You know what these friends didn't say? They didn't say to the man. Hey buddy I'm sorry. <laughs> we tried. Maybe next time. We're just going to take you home. They didn't do that. And let me say this to you young people, you teenagers. By the way, great job singing. That was, that was, I, love, I, I heard you at the, te at the teen meeting. I heard you again tonight. I really, really enjoyed that. And the choir tonight, that, that, that song, I know that song. I have it on a CD. I love that song, We Preach Christ. Choir, you did a great job. I was really touched by that. Thank you, choir, uh, for doing that. But I want to ask you, are you seeking means to bring people to Christ? Are you seeking means? They wouldn't take no for an answer, these people. And what I was going to tell you teenagers is this. This man had friends who were willing 
to carry him. And I don't know the distance they traveled, but they carried them, this man on, on that stretcher, to the house. Do you know it makes a big difference on who your friends are? Who are your friends? Let me say this. Your friends, young man, you say, why are you looking at me, Brother Kuzel? Well, I have to look at somebody, right? I mean, unless I'm going to preach over here. <laughs> Got to look at somebody. Your friends are either going to bring you to Christ or take you away from Christ. That's true of all of us, is it not? I hope you have the right friends. And you can choose your friends. Choose right friends. Well, they, were, they sought means. The Bible says in verse 19, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, and there'll be more people against you coming to Christ than there will ever be for you. Because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. This wasn't even their house. I would have loved to have heard their conversations that they had one with another. Hey, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We can't get them in. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, Hey, I know what we could do. Let's climb, the, let's climb the house. You know, they had those flat roofs. Let's climb the house. Maybe we can take the tiles apart and lower them in. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so Jesus is in there teaching. And of course, he knows what's going on the whole time, right? And suddenly there's this noise up on the rooftop and, 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 and there's noise and, and, some, and, and a tile kind of gets shifted a little bit and now the, a beam of light's coming in and dust is starting to fall and people are looking up and the hole gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And now the light's shining in and there's this big gaping hole in, this, in, in the roof of the house and you can imagine people are just, you know, <laughs> what's going on? And suddenly, they start lowering this man. Hmm. I love verse 20. Look at it in your Bible. And when he saw their faith. Do you know true faith can be seen? Amen. And if you can't see it, it's not genuine. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. You know, true salvation works. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you have true faith, it will be seen. So show it to me. Show it to me. Give me a reason to believe that you're saved. Do you know what James said? 
The whole thesis of James is if there's no works, if there's no conversion, I, I, I have every reason not to believe you're saved. Faith without works is dead. Thou sayest thou believest you know, in God. The devils believe and tremble. Don't you say you believe in God? So do the devils. So what? I want to see your faith. See, the devils, they believe and tremble, but they don't believe and repent. Big difference. So he saw their faith and he said, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. You know what, Hunter? I cannot think, honestly speaking, I cannot think of anything that I'd rather have the Lord say to me than that. Because you know what? If he doesn't say this, if he doesn't say this, do you know what he's going to say? Depart from me. I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. I don't want to hear him say that. Son, thy sins, man, thy sins be, are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, yeah. Duh. That's what I would have said. Duh. Who can forgive sins but God alone? God alone? Well, only God, Amen. So shouldn't that tell you something if he said that? Verse 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, ooh. (laughs) Boy, sometimes I wish that weren't true (laughs) because my thoughts aren't so clean and pure and and of, of good report and lovely and all of that. Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered and he said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. In other words, if I can do one, I can do the other. Nothing's too hard for me. So what's easier? And so then he said, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them. Wow, I would have loved to have seen that. And to see the expression on those faces. You know, the Bible says that miracles are to confirm the word. Jesus said it. And now he just confirmed it with a miracle. What I'm saying is true. Let me tell you something else that I noticed about this. This man not being able to walk, what a blessing it was for him to to rise up. And it was immediately, it wasn't a process. And we could compare that to salvation. Salvation's not a process. It happens. You know, if you read the NIV, which I call the HIV in South Africa, boy, that gets their attention real quick. You have an NIV Bible, you have the HIV Bible. 
You know what it says in, in 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross, this is what the Bible says. Let me tell you what it says here first. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. I love that word saved, ma'am. Saved. It is the power of God unto us which are saved. Now let me tell you what the HIV Bible says. Now the... The message of the cross. Well, right there, we see that's wrong because the Bible says the preaching. You see, but the NIV, the HIV people, they don't want preaching. Don't preach to me. Just give me a message. You know, send me a text. For the, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now, if you're perishing, there's no hope. If you're already in hell, there's no, there's no second chance. But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But unto us which are, listen to it, but unto us which are being saved, it's the power of God. Jedediah, I'm not being saved. I am saved. Amen. Big difference. But this man had this ailment. He had this palsy. But he was a lost man. But notice, brethren, notice what Jesus took care of first. Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. You know why? Because that was far more important. Him, his salvation was more important than his physical healing. You know, I've met people who say, oh, I, I'm going to heaven. Well, why do you say that? Well, I was in a car accident once, and I survived. And when you look at the pictures of the car accident, the doctor said I should have died, but I survived the car accident, so I know God's with me. That doesn't mean you're saved. Whosoever shall survive a car accident shall be saved. You know, some people have survived cancer, and, and you know what? Thank the Lord for, their, for them, for their families. But listen, you may have survived cancer, but that doesn't mean you're saved. Jesus could have healed this man, and he could have walked and then died and gone to hell if he didn't have salvation. But Jesus Christ addressed the main issue first. He first went to his soul and the need to be saved and have his sins forgiven. And then after that, he got a bonus. Rise up and walk. Let me just do the whole thing. And immediately he rose up. He immediately rose up, verse 25, before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house. You know, before he was taken with the palsy, he was taken with the palsy. And he was, he was on the bed and the bed was carrying him. But after he was saved... He rises up, and now he's carrying the bed. You see? That's a blessing. Salvation really does change a person's life, doesn't it? It really makes a difference. And the Bible says in verse 26, and I'm finished, and they were all amazed, and they glorified God. Isn't that the reason why God saves us? For his pleasure, for his glory? And they were filled with fear, saying... 
We have seen strange things today. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, we've seen strange things today. You know, there are people today, they are still bent on wanting to see miracles. If you want to see a miracle, there's plenty of them right here. This is a fabulous story. There's so much we can learn from this. But as we close tonight, I want to ask you, have you experienced the power of the Lord that is present to heal? Have you been saved. Again, could you share your testimony? Could you share your testimony? And is your testimony biblical? And not only could you share a testimony, maybe you do have a testimony in word you could share, but has your life been transformed? Could we, can we see your faith? Or are you a religious person. A religious person who's lost. A religious person who criticizes. Criticizes how the Lord does things. Criticizes his work in other people's lives and saving them. Criticizes the Lord's disciples. Has the Lord ever said to you, man or woman, your sins are forgiven thee? Has he ever said that to you personally? Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that? If not, seek the Lord. If you'll seek the Lord, he'll seek you. Let me finish by saying this. Luke 19, 10, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. I can promise you something on the authority of God's word. If you're not saved here today, and maybe you've been struggling with this, if you will be honest with yourself, so you'll be honest with God, if you will admit, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. I'll tell you what God will do for you. He will send somebody to look for you. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. These Pharisees, they were lost. But they wouldn't admit it. Jesus wasn't looking for them. What will you do tonight? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I am very thankful that your word is quick and powerful. We're born again by the word of God. And Father, my prayer is, if there's somebody here who doesn't know you, they don't have a biblical testimony, and they don't have a converted life, a transformed life to back it up, then Father, I believe that the presence, the power of the Lord is present to heal. This is your house. This is your assembly. 
It's a habitation of God through the Spirit. The power of the Lord is present to heal. And if anybody here will admit their loss, they don't have Jesus Christ. Father, if there's somebody here you have never told them their sins are forgiven, they're lost. And may they admit that tonight. They may be religious. So, so religious. They may have a position in the church. So religious, but lost. And Father, what a tragedy for your son to say, I never knew you. I pray they'll get that settled tonight. And Father, for those of us who are saved, may you help us. We need to be seeking means Means to bring people to Jesus. This church needs to be growing. This church needs to have people added unto. The baptistry needs to be moving. And anybody who's truly saved, we have that responsibility to be that light, to be that witness. And Father, I pray if there are saved people here tonight who are being very lazy very apathetic. They need to repent and get busy because the judge standeth at the door. The Lord is coming back and we we don't want to be ashamed at your coming. Father, may you by your spirit bring the conviction of God on your church tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody here who will be honest enough to say Brother Kuzel, I'm not saved. I've been fighting this thing. I don't have peace. The Lord's never told me my sins are forgiven. I don't have joy. I wrestle all the time with this. I'm I'm as much controlled by sin and sinful habits as I've ever been. In fact, I'm going deeper into sin. I'm going deeper into sin. I'm adding iniquity upon iniquity. I'm not saved. There's no joy. There's no peace. I'd be afraid to stand and share a testimony because I don't really have one. Would you be willing to admit that and admit you're lost? If you are, Jesus will come and He'll go looking for you. Why? To save you. The presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord is here to save. You need to humble yourself, man. You need to humble yourself, lady. What if you breathed your last breath tonight? What if you stood before the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth? Are you willing to go to hell because you wouldn't humble yourself? You're going to let your pride take you to hell? How foolish is that? I I know what people think. I've heard their testimonies. Well, if I admit I'm lost, what will people say? Let me tell you what what saved people will say. We'll be glad. We'll be glad if you get saved. We're not going to be like these Pharisees. only, Only lost people would criticize somebody coming to the Lord. Well, everybody thinks I'm saved, Brother Kuzel. You know what? You probably would be surprised. You're not really fooling too many people. And you're really not fooling God. He's the one you're going to stand before. Do you realize that we all are going to face the same God? I'm going to face God as my Heavenly Father. 
my heavenly daddy. But if you die lost, you'll face the same God I will, but you'll face him as judge. Is that what you want, really? Wouldn't you rather have peace? 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 And God could say to you tonight, man, your sins are forgiven if you'll repent and believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Heaven will rejoice, man. Heaven will rejoice. This church will rejoice. Swallow your pride. That's what caused Lucifer to go to hell. To be, he, he's going to go to hell. He became Satan. He became the devil because of his pride. I encourage you to come. Just admit it. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Teenager, admit it. I'm lost. Dad, admit it. I'm lost. You know what? Your kids know. Your wife knows. And more importantly, God knows. Why not come to the Lord today and be born again and people will have a birthday party for you. You're going to say no to the Lord again, again? You know, you can sin away your day of grace. You can say no to the last time. You know, there are these hymns. They're not biblical. You know, these hymns, the door is always open. I'm telling you, it's not always open. You can blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Read Proverbs chapter 1. You can say no to the Lord for the last time. And when your calamity comes, he's going to laugh. He'll mock. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. Mount Zion Baptist Church, will you seek means to bring people to Jesus? What can you do differently? What can you do more of? And whatever may not be working, try something new. Seek means. Seek means for the Lord's sake. Thank you for your kind attention tonight, preacher.